Sister Christian, know your time has come and you're motoring. Well, okay, no, you are motoring. My singing's not motoring, but you are motoring down. Guess where? I think you know the answer, unless this is your first time here. Hello, you're motoring down the Harland Highway. Hello, I'm Harland Williams, your host, your hickory-smoked host. Yes, I stand in a hickory smokehouse and let the smoke billow over me so that when I do these podcasts, they have that wonderful hickory scent. What the hell am I talking about? Okay, here we go. Um, today, we are talking about some very important topics, but don't we always? We're talking about the loss of your cell phone. Oh, my God. How attached are we to our cell phones? It's horrifying. We're going to go through that. Uh, something else that's horrifying, roller coasters. Yeah, especially if you get stuck on one. I got a little story about that that'll chill your dingle buns. Uh, we're going to be talking about seatbelts. Is is it possible seatbelts could kill you? What? Hello, what? I'm going to get into that. Um, I think we have a visitor coming by the studio today. I won't say who. And then I'm going to be talking about I went to a great concert for a 1980s rocker legend. I loved it. I'm going to tell you all about it right now because here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, you are on the Harlan Highway. (laughs) You just made a wrong turn. Onto the Harland Highway. Oh, it's lovely. It's just lovely. The Harland Highway. Hi, Harland. I'm Teddy Ruxpin, and I'm your friend. Riding down the Harland Highway. I'm not your daddy. (sighs) Okay, let me start by telling you something incredibly traumatic, or traumatic, or however you pronounce it. Uh... Whatever the hell you call it, it was it was insane. Have you ever left your child behind? Have you ever lost your kid? Well, here's what happened to me the other day. I'm running out the door. I'm going for a meeting. I get about, you know, two miles from the house. And all of a sudden, I get this empty pit in my stomach where I'm like, oh, my God. I had one of those moments, right? Guess what it was? I had forgotten my cell phone. Yeah, there it was. I can picture it sitting in my house on the counter with the charger stuck in its butt. And you can't imagine. We've become so programmed. We've become so attached to our cell phones. I literally felt like a piece of me was missing. I, I was like, oh, my God. I went to reach for my phone to make a call. I was like, yeah, I better call. Oh, my- wait a minute. Oh, my God. Where's my child? Oh, my God. Where's my child? Oh, my God. Where's my child? Ah! Right? I just and, and it's like that empty feeling in my stomach. And I'm like, oh, my God. I've got to call someone. I've got to call. And I, I went to reach for my phone. And I realized, wait a minute. I can't call anyone. I don't have my phone. And the very thing I'm trying to call about is about the thing that I don't have. And this sense of panic, and, and immediately I thought, how will I talk to so-and-so, and what if I miss my texts? And what if I what if I get a phone message, and 
What have I? And I just started panicking, man. And I thought, should I call 911? You know, do I put out an Amber Alert? You know, so there's signs flashing on the highway. Harlan Williams can't find his phone. Missing. Right? And then I had that uh, home alone moment. You know, I, I, I pictured my phone all alone at home like that stupid movie. I'm like, oh, my God, my, my phone's all alone at home. What's going to happen to my phone? And then I pictured my phone in the bathroom, my iPhone looking in the mirror and putting aftershave on its face and slapping its cheeks. Ah! Remember that scene where the kid screams? The little boy slapping the aftershave? That's what my iPhone's doing. Isn't it disgusting how uh, how attached at the hip, quite literally, we are with our with our cell phones? You literally feel like a piece of your world is missing, man. It's creepy. You you suddenly feel alone. You feel uh, by yourself. You feel unconnected. And I was just like, wow, this is weird. And I thought, how is this going to impact my day? How is this going to screw things up? What am I going to miss? And then after, you know, a couple of minutes, I just took a deep breath. And I was like, what the hell am I doing? I just kind of rewound in my head what things were like, like, you know, eight years ago. Maybe nine, ten years ago before we had cell phones. And it's just like, wait a minute, what what do I care? It's just like the old days. If I if I when I get home, everything will be there. I'll I'll, I'll figure it out. I'm not going to miss anything. And and if I run into trouble, I'll pull over and use a payphone. But then I realized payphones don't really exist anymore. You never see them. It's rare to see. Seeing a payphone is like seeing a rare like black rhinoceros on the plains of Africa. There's only about 12 left in the world. As we pulled over the Land Rover, we looked to the right, and yes, there it was. There it was, standing all alone, silhouetted at the, at the Arco station. One of the rarest sights in modern society, a payphone. We vigorously took pictures and just watched it until the sun went down. You know... So it's it's really weird how how our phones have almost become like our kids. We we have an um, an emotional attachment to our cell phones. You can't deny it. If you if you ever actually lost your phone, you get that horrible feeling in your in your stomach. Like like you've uh, you've lost your family, you know, you're like on the Titanic and and everything's going down. But just leaving it at home or leaving it in the car, you know, when you go in for a meeting, you you accidentally leave your phone in the car and you're in the meeting and you're like, oh, my God, what's what's my phone doing? I know I should be focusing on this very important meeting, but wh- oh, my God, what's my phone doing in the underground garage right now? Oh, my God, I hope the valet guy. Oh, my God, the valet guy's getting all my numbers. The valet guy's reading my texts. The valet guy's reading all my texts right now. I don't want the valet guy to read my text. Some of them are naughty. Oh, no. <laughs> right? We love our cell phones, man. Oh, I'm breastfeeding mine right now as we talk. There you go, little guy. Oh, that's okay. 
You need to be burped here. There you go. That's a good cell phone. Um, so there you go. Don't panic, okay? If uh, if you do leave your cell phone at home, you'll be back to it soon. And uh, if you really run into trouble, you know, try and find a pay phone and call your cell phone at home to make sure it's okay. Oh, my God. My worst nightmare came true on the weekend. I, I don't know if you caught this story, people, but I, I, I've been living in fear of this happening forever. A bunch of kids, people, men, women, got stuck on a giant roller coaster at some amusement park somewhere. Okay? The roller coaster got jammed, came to a halt. I don't know if it hit a ladybug on the track or there was a a deer crossing the track. Somehow, the roller coaster got jammed at 100, 150 feet up in the air and upside down. So all these people (laughs) were on the roller coaster... Hanging upside down like a bunch of dorky bats in a cave (laughs) at the mercy of the amusement park. They were up there for over half an hour just dangling. And they're on one of these uh, roller coasters that, you know, they're all metal and they wind and they twist and they go up and they go down. And so you get on it, you feel like you're you're on a ride through Rosie O'Donnell's uh, l- large intestine or something. I mean, just to look at them, I get queasy. You think I'm getting on a roller coaster, man? Are you kidding? There's throwing up and then there's like expelling your entire innards. Blah. Hey, man, what happened? I was on the roller coaster, man. What the hell did you throw up, man? What'd you eat for lunch? I didn't eat anything, man. Those are my... That's my kidney. That's my heart. That's my liver. There's my spleen. There's my ovaries. And and I'm not even a chick, man. I mean, I threw up so bad, I threw up girl parts. Wow, man. I'm not good on the roller coaster, people. You know, give me a golf cart and let me roll around on a golf course or something. That That's my ride. Put me in your shopping cart when you go for groceries. I'll sit in that front part like a little kid, but I ain't getting on no roller coaster. And these people got their just desserts hanging upside down 150 feet in the air. Hey, you wanted a thrill. You wanted a chill. You got it, man. I'll see you in the bat cave, you roller monkeys. I'm going to stay right here, standing on my head, on old terra firma of a Harland Highway. All right. Big question of the day is how many of you out there listening wear your seatbelt? <laughs> think always wear a seatbelt i don't know um do you don't you do you want to do you hate being forced to do it uh i guess that's not the point i'm getting at here but i guess what i'm really getting to 
is how many of you have almost died just putting your seatbelt on? And here's what I'm talking about. You know, most people, uh, you know, they get in the car, put on their seatbelt, start up the engine, and off you go, right? But how many of you folks are kind of like me, where you get in the car, you start it up, you go, and about a mile or two down the road, you're like, oh, my seatbelt, I better put my seatbelt on, right? But uh, in doing that, you're kind of already in motion, you're moving, you're driving, and all of a sudden, you're kind of um, dealing with the seatbelt. You know how uh, first you, you got to reach across your chest, kind of half-assed backwards. You have to grab the seatbelt as it's kind of hanging on the side there. And then you grab it and you start to pull it, and it's got that instant locking mechanism. So if you pull it too hard, it locks, and then you got to snap it back, and then you got to pull it back, and suddenly it's like you're in a tug-of-war with your seatbelt, right? So it's like, and you're like, good Lord, just give me my seatbelt, right? Um, So now you got one hand on the steering wheel. You're going down a hill at 60 miles an hour. You're fighting with your seatbelt, and you're like, I'm going to die putting my seatbelt on. Oh. So then you finally kind of pull it across, and you get it almost across, almost across your waist, and you run out of slack. And you're like, oh, my God, it's just about in the buckle. And you just, it's like trying to put on a tight pair of jeans, right? You just can't close that button. you got the clasp right by the, the thingamajiggy, and you're just about to stick it in the hole, and your seatbelt's about to have intercourse, and... It won't reach, so then you gotta slide it all the way back across and start again, and then you finally get it there, and then suddenly, all of a sudden, you do have enough slack, and you can't seem to find the little metal end, and it won't slide into the slot. You keep missing it because it's kind of tucked but halfway behind your ass cheek, and you're like, so now you're looking down, and you're trying to make visual contact, and your cars, you got the one hand, and your car's swerving all over the road, and you can't see what's coming. And basically, you almost die trying to put on a seatbelt so that you save your life. <laughs> so I guess my question is, how many people have been killed by their seatbelt? Oh, So I'm not suggesting you don't wear your seatbelt. Definitely wear your seatbelt. But here's my advice. Put it on before you put your car in drive. Because, uh, you know, seatbelt saves lives, but seatbelts kill if you're trying to put them on and, and do a juggling act while you're riding down the highway at 90 miles an hour. So that's your lesson for today, and if you need to, go out in your driveway and sit in your car and practice. Just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, click your seatbelt in, um, and there you go. Because, you know, if you don't do it, then that stupid little dinger from your dashboard is going to pester you the whole way, right? That stupid little bell. Just won't shut up. It's like a nagging wife or a cranky husband. It's just ding, 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 ding. Okay. Ding, ding, ding. All right. Ding, ding, ding. All right. Oh, seatbelts.
Maybe I'll put one over my uh, face here so it covers my mouth and I can shut up for a little while about it. Ding, 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 ding. Shut up. Ding, ding, ding. Up yours, too. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, you son of a bitch. Well, today is the day. I guess, uh, you know, there's always been one topic that's been so hot. I said I would never talk about it on the podcast. But you know what? I decided, full disclosure, today's the day I'm going to talk about it. So let's get right into it. What the hell? Excuse me. Hello, my name is Oleo Dimitri. What are you doing here? I'm selling the ice cream to that, selling that chocolate nutty buddy ice cream. No, you're not. I'm trying to do a podcast. You're not supposed to be up here. Roger, what's he doing up here? Maybe you'd like a swirly fun orange twister. No, I don't want a swirly fun orange twister. I don't want a swirly, I don't want anything. Okay? You're not supposed to be up here. Get out of here. How about an ice cream sandwich? It's a yummy, delicious sandwich. You won't find it in the deli freezer. You'll only find it right here on Oleo Dimitri's ice cream truck. No, get out. Nutty buddy buddy. Stop calling me buddy. How about just a nutty buddy? Buddy? Stop it. Look, I'm doing a show... I'm trying to get into a very important topic here. Oh, you're talking about the ice cream. Very important, funny, fun, fudge, twizzle, fudgy quiggles. There's no such thing. You're making it up. Turn that music off. Thank you. Now, I'm asking you to leave or I'm going to call security, okay? You're not allowed to just walk in here and start selling your ice cream. Oh, ice cream! I'm selling the wonderful... I got a nutty buddy and a peppermint swirl sticky with a yum-yum coconut chum-chum dingle-dingle. Get out of here! Get out! Chummy-yummy like... Get out! Okay, yeah, that's right. I admit it. I went to see Billy Idol the other night, okay? I went to a Billy Idol concert. Remember Billy Idol from the 80s? The guy was like, uh, he was like the male version of Madonna, right? And uh, I always liked Billy because he was so cartoony. He was such a big cartoon, kind of an over-the-top rocker dude. He had that great name, Billy Idol, right? You gotta love that name. And on top of that, you know, I'm not into guys, but he was a good looking dude. He played up the whole uh, kind of Elvis snarly lip thing, and I always liked Elvis. And he, it just like he kind of wore his attitude on his face and his body language. And, and to boot, Okay, the guy had kick-ass pop tunes, okay? There's people out there that go, oh, man, that's bubblegum music. Oh, that's like anyone could write that. Oh, that's like kid stuff. Yeah? Let me see you sit down and write a hit pop tune, okay? Do you know how many songs are written every year? How many songs have been written over the decades, over the millenniums, whatever those are, where someone has tried to even get into the top 10, the top 100. Okay. 
There is an art to writing a catchy pop tune, my friends, and uh, Billy Idol has a library of about 20 of them. Okay, think think of the Beatles when they started out. You're probably, well, they're the Beatles. They're not pop tunes. Yeah, they wrote, like, catchy pop tunes, okay? I want to hold your hand. Michelle, my bell, only solely, you know, hey, Jude. All right? And that's what that's what rock and rollers do, man. You should be so lucky to write a pop tune. So many people uh, lambaste people that write pop tunes and discredit them as real musicians. Look, Bruce Springsteen wasn't really a household name until born in the USA. I'm a hard rocking daddy in the USA. Yeah, you know. Any major artist, uh, you know, look at Lou Reed. You know, Lou Reed, an obscure rocker from, like, the 60s and 70s. The guy had uh, that one hit, Hey, babe, take a walk on the wild side. And the color girls go, Do, 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 You know, if it wasn't for that song, would would anyone really know him? So you get my point, okay? Pop Pop songs are important. A lot of you pretend you don't like them, but you know what? That you grew up on them. They're in your heart. They're in your soul. You can you can you can put a pin in them as to uh, where you were in your life. You know, I'm sure many of you who made out in a car when you were young can still remember a certain pop song playing in the background when you had that first kiss, or when you first fell in love, or at a picnic, or. At a party or to dance, oh yeah, man! Don't 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 uh, count out the old pop tune, okay? They still will get you going. So, anyways, I had to go see Billy Idol, right? And I gotta tell you, man, let me let me tell you where Billy's at, okay? I believe I, I don't know for sure. You can go online if you want to know for sure. I believe Billy is in his fifties. Okay, I believe he's either 50 or maybe 51, 52. Okay, this guy comes out on stage, uh, rips the shirt off, okay? This guy's got the body of like a a 20-year-old college dude. He just looked incredible, okay? The guy's like still ripped. He's got the six-pack and and, uh, he's still got the, the, the blonde hair. He's got the big white teeth, uh, you know, and uh, on top of that, on top of his look, which he still has, the guy still got his voice. I mean, he was belting out all his hits, and you're like, okay, I'm I'm sure the voice has slid a little, and, you know, so he went to the gym, and he worked out, but you can't, you can't, you know, what are you going to do as your voice gets older? Hello? I don't know if this guy made a deal with the devil or what. But the guy looked great. He sounded great. Now, here's the part that was a little sad to me. And and here's where I was a little weirded out because, you know, usually if you mix rock and roll and good looks and kind of a bad boy attitude, there's going to be young girls around, right? So I'm expecting to see, you know, even though he's, you know, a few generations removed from today's youth, I just thought that young girls always seem to have a nose for the the rock and roll bad boys, no matter how old they are. And I had just expected to see a whole mother load of of young, 
rock star hungry hotties at the uh, Billy Idol concert. Well, it wasn't in a giant arena. It was in a it was in a smaller stadium, but I have to say the thing was like 90% packed. It was a standing room only thing, no seats. There was a balcony that was packed, the lower level was packed. And sadly, it was mostly people my age who were 30 and over. Yeah, that's right. I mumbled my age range. But it, it, was, it was mostly people, okay, I'll say it, probably 30 and over. Okay? Um, so it just goes to show you how pop tunes do stick with people. Uh, but it was kind of sad that newer generations hadn't found Billy because, you know what, as, as kind of commercial and poppy as he was and still is... I'd still say he's he's more fun and more talented than a lot of the crap that's out there today that they dream up in the boardroom, you know? At least Billy wrote his own stuff and had his own image. And, you know, Billy started out back in the 70s in a punk band. I think he had a punk band called Generation X or Gen X or something. And so he wasn't a guy that was, like, you know, put together in the Disney boardroom or the uh, the Warner Brothers boardroom. He's a, you know, he's a, he's a true rocker, and so uh, I thought the girls would have found him, but instead you got these kind of yuppies, 30, 40-somethings, and I hate to say it, but a large percent of the, percentage of them did not realize that two decades had passed since Billy, you know, was at the top of his popularity. Woo! So you had some chubbies rolling around and stuff that was way too tight. You had dudes wearing, like, goth rock stuff that was way wrong. You had hairstyles that were dated. You had, you know, people drinking and they didn't know how to drink anymore. And you had, oh, it was it was kind of ugly. A lot of the fans were kind of ugly. Um, but... Uh, the other thing is, you know, the energy isn't quite the same when you're in your 30s and 40s. So Billy got the crowd going, but it wasn't exactly like people screaming and getting up on each other's shoulders and throwing their shirts. And it was kind of like a respectful, like, yay, after every song, woo, and then it would die down and then Billy would do the next one and. But all that being said, the guy kicked ass. It was a lot of fun. I love Billy Idol. And, uh, you know, I, I love all the moments he gave me when I was a kid, when I was in college. A lot of memories. You know, when I started in my stand-up career, um, it was scary. And I, 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 would, I would go to Billy for inspiration and energy. Before I would step on stage, I would put my Walkman on. Yeah. Do you remember that word, Walkman? And I would put my cassette tape. Do you know that word? Cassette tape. And I would put the billy on and I'd be like standing in the mirror and doing the lip snarl. And I'd be like, you know, doing the fist pump and, uh, you know, yeah, just lip syncing and singing and getting my energy going. So a lot of good fond memories of Billy Idol. Thank you, Billy, for all the joy, the magic that you brought to me. I hope you keep on doing it. And if you're young folks listening to this thing, get out and see the guy, man. I, th- I think you'll dig him, and I think you'll you'll realize he's one of those guys where you go, wow, he's got a lot of hit songs. I didn't know about that. So there you go. I'm suddenly I'm Billy Idol's new agent. But uh, fun experience. Um, 
And feel free to, uh, you know, call me, leave me a message about one of your favorite concerts or someone you've always wanted to see. You can call the the hotline at 323-215-1486 and uh, lay me a message down about, uh, you know, your favorite concert experience Um, right here on the Holland Highway. And speaking of concert experiences, uh, this weekend, all this weekend, I'm at the Hard Rock Casino in Fort Lauderdale or Hollywood, Florida. Florida, not Los Angeles, Florida. There is a Hollywood there. I'm at the Hard Rock Casino. There's an improv comedy club in the complex uh, at the casino there, and I will be there all weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, You can go to harlandwilliams.com, click on my schedule, find out about showtimes, tickets, prices, all that stuff. And then don't forget, uh, on the uh, West Coast, uh, Saturday, September 4th, my big Herbst Theater show in San Francisco. Uh, Tickets are at cityboxoffice.com. That's going to be stand-up and sketch-style comedy. It's going to be a great time. Um, maybe Billy will show up. I don't know. But, uh, nonetheless, it's concert, concert, concert time. And, uh, I hope you had a good time here today on the Harlan Highway. And until next time, my friends, you know what I'm going to say. Chicken chow mein, baby. It's after midnight.